This podcast is presented to you by High Desert Word Center in Barstow, California. For more information, visit hdwc.org. There's so many good scriptures about the mouth, about the value of your words, and what goes on. As a matter of fact, Proverbs 10:19. when I first got saved, one of the places the Lord had me start my Christian walk, when I first got saved, one of the first areas of life He dealt with me about for probably a year was teaching me about my mouth. It was so serious, I couldn't carry on a conversation with anybody. Because when I began to, when I began to sit under the Word and be taught, and I was told, start listening to what you're saying. Start hearing what you're talking. Then I come to find out that nearly everybody around me, and because I lived in at that point in time, 28 and a half years when I got born again, I come to find out that the whole world's programmed negative. Well, 2 Corinthians 4.4 4 tells us why. 2 Corinthians 4.4 4 says Satan is the god of this world and he has people's minds blinded. And people are blind to the power of words. What a spiritual force that is. So I, came, I come to find out and it still goes on today. I have to deal with it today and even with church people this church today. And because they're people that I love and I care about, I don't go around correcting anybody when they're trying to put curses on me. You know, oh, so pastor got cancer, huh? No, I was diagnosed Back in January with that, but then I called for the elders of the church. According to James 5, 14 to 15, when I called for the elders of the church, they prayed the prayer of faith over me. They anointed me with all the name of the Lord. And God's word is God's promise. God's word is more than a promise, it's a fact. And so the fact was, when the elders of the church prayed the prayer of faith over me, in verse 15 of James chapter 5 said, and the prayer of faith will heal the sick. And they commit his sins and be forgiven him. And the Lord will raise him up. And so since that day, I was diagnosed with it. But since that day, I've been getting better and better. Better and better. Well, that's just positive thinking. No, it's not positive thinking. That's the Word of God. But the Word of God will cause you to be positive. Amen. So I come to find out the world, the world, whatever they got a financial report, that hey, the economy is doing this. And, you know, this many people are going to get laid off this year. Well, the other side of the coin is this many people aren't going to get laid off this year. But all the world, all the world says is, you know what, Dylan, you're the next one. And I say, well, what's the word of God say about that? And so I come to find out that all of my relatives, all my unsaved workers, and most of the Christian workers, they never expected any good news. They all expected bad news. And so it got very hard for me to carry on a conversation because everybody talks to you. When they open their mouth, you can't say, nope, I don't agree. Nope, I don't agree. No, I don't agree. Nope, nope, shut up. I don't want to hear that. Nope, I don't agree. So most of the time, if I was having lunch with somebody, all I could say is, hey, pass the ketchup. I'm going up to get a refill. Anybody want one? You know, that's about all I could have in common with. I couldn't say anything because I couldn't agree with anything they said. Then over the course of time, the things I'm teaching tonight, by the time I got myself trained how to talk, then I carry on conversations about offending everybody I talk to. Because with this, ain't that right? I just keep my mouth shut and say, mm. <laughs> I keep on eating. Well, you know, you know, people say that when they're talking to you all the time. They say, ain't that right? Ain't that right? I say, no, that's not right. That's not right at all. That's not what the Bible says. But if you respond to people like that all the time, man, they think you're they think you're some kind of a nut and that you've been mean to them. But see, that could be right for you if you want it. But I grab what the Bible says for me. I want what the Bible says. Amen. I like being well. 
I like to have more than enough money. I like to have money to take my kids places when we were younger and do things. I don't like depression. I don't like migraine headaches. I don't like any of that stuff that we've been redeemed from, and so I'm not going to agree with it. And there's been so many times even when Christians would back me into a corner, ain't that right? And I just ignore them. Well, ain't that right? So they said, well, don't, don't you agree with that? I said, no, I don't agree with it. <laughs> you know, if you want it, you can have it, but I don't want it. So that could be right for you, but it's not right for me. Jesus paid the price. So Proverbs 10, 19. This is one of the first mouth verses the Lord gave me. Is this. In the multitude of words, there wanteth not sin. But he that refraineth his lips is wise. He that refraineth his lips is wise. And so I know I heard a preacher comment on this verse after I first got saved. He said this. And this would be a paraphrased modern example. Show me a person that talks a lot, and I'll show you a person that sins a lot. <laughs> Unless you're a believer that has yourself trained to speak the Word of God, then you open your mouth. If you don't know how to talk yet, in line with the Bible, you're going to be sinning a lot. I didn't say it, the Bible said it. He said, In the multitude of words, there wanteth not sin. And I remember one time years ago, I was delivered to a place downtown Indianapolis, and uh, man, I walked to this guy, but just talk and talk and talk and talk. I couldn't get a word in edgewise. He's the guy that, the customer, I was getting the boxes, so I wasn't going to stand around talking anyway. I walked in the door, this guy was so negative, he just talk and talk and talk and talk. And man, I said, oh, shut up, shut up, shut up. But he's a customer. And I'd pray every time before I went into that place, I said, Lord, 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 what's going on there? And then this guy was talking, and he said, you know, I got the gift of gab, don't you? And when he said that, I thought, that's a spirit. And so from the, after that, then I started before I got that, I'd say, Satan, the gift of gab, control this man, I bind you in the name of Jesus. That guy quit gabbing all the time. He started being kind of pleasant to talk to. We could have a conversation. Some people are controlled by the gift of gab. They just talk, 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 talk. And then they, I don't even know how they breathe. They only take a breath in between time. They just talk and none of it's any good. And this verse right here, Proverbs 10, 19, the multitude of words are one that's not sin. Well, I'll tell you what, I don't know how those people could stand up. They put so much garbage out of their mouth. And the thing about it is they spew it on you if you don't know how to keep it off of you. And so you need to judge yourself in the multitude of words. Are you talking too much? Is everything out of your mouth? Well, you know what? All the kids over at the school have got such and such. And so I know now that mine's going to bring it home. We're all going to have it. It's going around. It's going around. Don't look at me so holy. Three-fourths of you use that all the time. It's going around, you know. It's going around, you know. Hey, it might be going around, but it's not going to land at my house. Amen. Well, I'll tell you what. You know what You know what Barstow is, don't you? Barstow's the armpit of the desert. I'm not going to live in an armpit. This is my oasis. <laughs> Amen. God sent me here to prosper. God sent me here to be a blessing and be blessed. And so what I say about Barstow, Barstow is a wonderful place to live. It's getting better every day. We've got, we got a great police department. We've got great stores here. We've got great restaurants here. And I'll tell you what, anybody that wants to be a criminal or sell dope or hurt kids, they got a choice. They either get saved, get right with God, or leave Barstow. Yeah. Amen. Amen. What's Barstow coming to? Barstow is coming to Jesus. Amen. Hey, but hey, if God sends us a place to live, we need to start speaking over where we live and tell what it's supposed to be.
And so she'll, she'll be a man that talks a lot, and I'll show you a man that sins a lot. And so you need to learn that verse. Proverbs 21, 23. Now, this is all verses that the Lord trained me on when I first got saved and helped me get my faith walk started. Now, this is one right here. And when I read it and comment, I need to say, Amen or Oh me. Whoso keepeth his mouth, that means guards his mouth, and his tongue keeps his soul from troubles. Keeps his soul from troubles. When you guard your mouth and guard your tongue, keeps his soul from troubles. Honey, I think I heard the car making, making a noise today. You know, we still owe X amount of dollars. It's not under warranty. It's probably going to blow up this week. Uh, I got one witness in here. Mike Van Ort saw me drive a Buick for how many years of a rod knocking bike? <laughs> Lots of years. <laughs> he was my mechanic. And, you know, I'd had the car about 10 years. One day made a comment. Hey, you know, I know it's been knocking for a long time. But I didn't say anything about it, but I know you know it too. I said, yeah, I've known it, Mike. I just talked to it, tell him what it has to do. <laughs> hey, man, you know, it's not the best thing in the world to go around driving a car with a rod knocking. But if you're going to drive a car, you might as well speak blessings over it. And I sold that car a year ago. I still see a lady driving around Barstow, Mike. <laughs> and so anyway, speak right words. Keep your soul from troubles. And so according to this verse, I'll say this. You can avoid a lot of trouble if you learn to control that thing on your face that's about two inches below your nose. You know, if you want to know where a lot of your trouble comes from, look in the mirror, look at your nose, and then go down. And then you'll find out where a lot of it comes from. And you're rebuking the devil, but you're the one that needs rebuked. And so these things are all telling us the value of our, our mouth. And I want to say it again. Your mouth can be your best friend or your worst enemy. Look at Matthew chapter 12. Matthew chapter 12. Now, now we're going to get down to where we can show you how to do some changing. As you do some diagnosing. And you know, the, a, a great thing to do would be to pray and ask the Lord. You know, if your person has never trained yourself yet, even if you have, ask the Lord in the morning time before you go to work. Say, Jesus, please today help me to listen to what I say. And every time I say something that's not in agreement with your word, then Lord, quicken me. Let me see it. Let me know it. And I'll tell you what, you're going to be like I was for the first time. All you're going to be able to say is, uh, pass the ketchup, please. Have you got the salt over there? Uh, yeah, I think it's going to be a nice week this week weather. I think the weather's going to be nice this week. Yeah, I think it's going to be. Yeah, thank you. Uh, can you pass a piece of bread, please? Because <laughs> you're going to find out until you learn how to talk right, everything you're going to say, think, wow, 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 no wonder the money's not right. Wow, no, no wonder we're at the doctor all the time. No wonder the kids are always sick. No, 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 no wonder I'm depressed all the time. All that stuff I thought was so cute all the time to say because I heard my dad say it. I heard my cousin say it. Well, if it wasn't for bad luck, I'd have no luck at all. Wow, I used to think that was so cute. Oh, I thought that was so cute. Well, Murphy's Law. I live by Murphy's Law. Well, I said that too till I got saved. Then I found out there's a higher law. I live by God's law now. I don't live by Murphy's Law. Well, I'll tell you what. If anything can go wrong, it'll go wrong. Tell you what, we bought it, but it'll, 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 it'll probably, it'll probably go out next week. That's probably what'll happen. The warranty goes out. Now, you know, 
We paid that extra warranty now for five years. I'm not going to pay it anymore. And I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll just about guarantee you. I quit paying that warranty. It'll die next week. Death and life is the power of your words. Amen. And so, you know, I, I, I think about something like that old car I had. I had that car for 12 years. That's how it was when I bought it. I bought it for $500. I sold it for $500. <laughs> Why is that? Because everything I set my hand to prospers. Amen. I'm a tither. God rebukes the devourer for me. The widows that have her open. That's the way I talk because I'm trained that way. Amen. And so in Matthew chapter 12, I just want to get down to the basics. Verse 34 and 35 is what I want you to see. It starts off verse 33, but for time, we've got to watch the time. Uh, Jesus said, O generation of vipers, how can you being evil or carnal speak good things? Now look at this. If you've got yellow, yellow, one of those yellow markers or red ink, this is a good verse to put, put a circle around, put stars around. Jesus said, for out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. A good man out of the good treasure of the heart bringeth forth good things. An evil man out of the evil treasure bringeth forth evil things. And so that treasure right there comes a word that means depository. Does anybody know what a depository is? Well, you know, the big depository would be Fort Knox. They got a lot of gold deposited there. You get inside of Fort Knox, you're going to find gold. And, and your, your bank or your credit union or where you put money in your savings at, that's a depository. And so whatever you have in there the most is what can come out the most. And so if you don't have a whole lot deposited, then you're not going to get anything out of it. And so a depository is a treasury depository. Jesus said, out of the abundance of your heart, what's in your spiritual depository is what your mouth is going to speak. And this is the secret to control your mouth. Your mouth only speaks what you put in your heart. And so I wrote this down. I wrote something down just thinking about people's lives. If you only put 10% Bible in your heart and 50% Facebook, guess what? You're going, to be, you're going to be an expert on slander. You're going to be an expert on trash talk. But you're not going to know much Bible. If you put uh, 10% Bible and 50% sports, you're going, to, you're going to be able to tell me who pitched in the 1927 World Series. But you're not going to know what to do if the devil attacks you of cancer. If you put 50% politics and 10% Bible in your heart, you're going to be able to tell me everything you can that's rotten about Republicans or Democrats or this president or the last president or the governor of the people of Sacramento, California. But if crisis hits your house in the financial arena, you don't know what to do. Because Jesus out of the butts, the heart, the mouth speaketh. And so, you know, you might come up the prayer line and uh, say, Pastor, I need you to pray for me. My son just got this really serious diagnosis and the doctor said it doesn't look good. And I say, well, what Bible verse you got? Gore should have been president. Bush stole it. Whoa, where'd that come from? That's still in your heart after all these years. You're still worried about Gore and Bush. And you got this trouble going on with you. Well, I'll tell you what, Hillary had it. She got stolen from. What's that going to do for you to get the blessing of God in your house? There's too many Christians that can tell me more about politics than they can about Bible verses to help them in life. 
Amen. Somebody said, Pastor's talking about politics now. I'm not either. He's knocking sports. I'm not either. Jesus said, from the abundance of your heart, your mouth will speak. And so if you spend all your time consumed with politics or baseball games or football games or whatever it is, or whatever, whatever your, whatever your favorite thing is life that you put in your heart all the time at the first times of crisis, that's all that's going to come out is that. But if you're a person that gets serious about spending time in the Bible on a regular consistent schedule where you just got, you just got your things set there. The morning time might be the morning time. Then the morning time, I get up an extra half hour early. My phone shut off. My, Laptop shut off. I got things shut off. I'm going to have at least a half hour every morning where I can drink my coffee. I'm going to be quiet. Don't call me because I won't answer. Amen. Don't knock on my door. I've got an appointment. I'm sitting with Jesus this morning before I go because when I sit with Jesus, with His Word, and I let Him talk to me, then that day, if a crisis comes up, those scriptures He put in my heart is going to come out of my mouth. I'm going to deal with the crisis. Amen. And you know, I'm I'm telling you some things right now from the Bible. He said that death and life are the power of your tongue. He said you guard your mouth and guard your tongue. You're going to keep your soul. And then he says right here that what's in your heart is going to control your mouth. Your mouth's going to control your life, but your mouth's hooked up to your heart. And so what goes into your heart comes out of your mouth when crisis comes. You know, I know that... uh, I think about when my son Dave was diagnosed with leukemia when he was three and a half years old. We didn't have any fear. We was full of the Word of God when I got diagnosed back in January. What he feared to deal with, we already had it. Because we had abundance in here, we knew what the answer was right down here, knew what to do with it. And that's how you handle crisis. You prepare in advance by putting things in your heart now. And it's so good, it's so good to not just read Subdevotional, which is a good thing to do, but to be able to take the time and say, Jesus, what do you want to tell me today from the Word of God? I know the way I did it when I first got saved. For a long time, I never read devotional, probably five years ago. I read devotional stuff all my other time there. I would always, 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 as a new Christian, say, Lord, you said the Holy Ghost is my teacher. And so then I'd say, Holy Ghost, what class are you teaching today to me? And then I would listen to him, find out where to go to. He'd have me on a season on a subject. And then shortly thereafter sometime, man, there'd be a hit of my life in that area right there, man. I had abundance in my heart on that subject because I'd been to school. Because the Holy Ghost is the one. You've got to have a personal relationship with him and let him be able to want to do that instead of just having your, 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 your checklist you check out. I did my devotional. Check. Well, that might have been a good thing, but that devotional should have been a vitamin, not the main course. I want to say it again. That devotional should have been your vitamin, not your main course. That should have been an addition to something. If you want to get things in you to help you win. Well, so anyway, according to Jesus, if you have 50% politics, 30% sports, 10% Facebook, 10% Bible, then you don't know what's going to come out when you have a crisis. And so Jesus said, the buttons of your heart, your mouth speaketh. And so if you don't put the right stuff in, a whole lot of junk, negativity is going to come out when you really need something different. Amen. Look at Mark 11, 23. Mark 11, 23. 
I, re- I really prayed that there'd be open hearts to get this tonight. That if you've never got it yet, that's really come alive in you. And I believe that there's something going to spark in you to get a hold of this and, and really help you to get the victories you need in life. And, you know, the whole thing about it, we got to always remember 1 Peter 5, 8, the Holy Spirit through Peter said that Satan as a roaring lion walking about seeking whom he may devour. And so, you know, things can be going just fine for you and things going great and you start to back off a little bit, but then the attack comes. And so you've always got to have your reserves built up. You know, I know that back when I was a truck driver, uh, man, there'd be some seasons where I'd be working 12, 16 hours a day and not getting any rest. And so as much as I, much as I was a fanatic for Jesus, that's some of my Bible studies got pretty slim there for a while. And so Mr. Pastor say, how you doing? I said, man, I'm running off reserves. I can't wait till this season's over with, man. Praise God, we need the money. Got all these kids. Got all this stuff we got to do. So I'm not going to turn it down. I got to get it when I can get it. So I'm going to work. I'm going to get it. But I said, I'm running off reserves. But I'll tell you what, this weekend, I get off this weekend, I'm going to pig out on the Word. I'm going to get filled up on the Word. I'm going to get built up again because I didn't want to go very many weeks because of working. And I get my reserve built back up again because sometimes you have to run on them. That helping anybody? Amen. You want to get it filled up? Mark eleven twenty three. Jesus said this: For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say, and in my Bible I wrote this means me because I'm a whosoever. You know, this has got Dylan's name in it. It's got Nick's name in it. It's got Diana's name in it. Amen. It's got your name in it. It's Jose, you're writing this verse right here because you're a whosoever. And so my Bible, I said, this means me because I'm a whosoever. And so this is a spiritual law. The spiritual law, Jesus getting ready to tell us about how the law of faith works. And in this verse right here, he's telling you how it works on the negative side and how it works on the positive side. Whosoever shall say, and I circle the word say, uh, to this mountain, be thou removed, be thou cast into sea, and shall not doubt in his heart. Shall not doubt in his heart. Shall not doubt in his heart. And the reason I'm saying that, you've got to get a hold of the fact there's a difference between your heart and your head. You know, no matter how strong a person you are, we're in this, we operate in this sense realm, and we operate in the spiritual realm. In the sense realm is our eyes what we see, our ears what we hear, our nose what we smell, mouth what we taste, and what we touch with our senses where we feel things. That's the sense realm. Well, see, we're a spirit being living inside this body. So that's the outside man, what it sees, what it picks up on. But the inside man, the heart, when you got born again, did you ask Jesus into your head or into your heart? Into your heart. So when you were born again, your heart changed where Jesus lives in your heart. And so faith comes from your heart. And so when you're facing a crisis in life, your head is going to make you doubt. Your senses are going to tell you why this won't work. Everything on the outside is going to lie to you. But Jesus didn't say, shall not doubt in his head. I learned this off Brother Hagin as a young Christian. Faith will always work even with doubt in your head because faith of the heart. But you keep your mouth right because that's what Jesus said. Shall not doubt in his heart. Now look at this next part, what he said. Shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith 
but shall believe that those things which he saith. I circled the saith again. Shall believe those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. He shall have whatsoever he saith. And so three times there Jesus talked about saying, Whosoever shall say to the mountain, shall believe those things which he saith, he shall have whatsoever he saith. So I think Jesus tried to tell us something here in the law of faith. On the negative side, on the negative side, when the person says, this is so funny. It's going to sound funny, but really it's not funny, it's sad. Well, it never works for me. You just proved it. (laughs) You just proved it right there, but you don't know it. When you said it never works for you, that's what you're believing in your heart. It never works for you. So guess what? You proved it works. You're having what you're saying. Well, you know what? I tried tithing, but we're still going broke. It never works for me. That tithing don't work. I tried it. You don't try tithing, you tithe. And then you agree with the Bible. No matter what it looks like. Father, I thank you. I'm living under open windows of heaven. I want to thank you. Jesus rebuked the devourer for my sake. Let, let me ask you this. I think about the railroad guys in town here, those people that sometimes have to stop for the railroad trains when we're crossing like that. The other day, we just out riding, didn't care about catching trains, so we was up at uh, Daggett and all those tracks up there, man. We just riding through the country, man, kept all across these days catching the trains. We just shut the car off, sit there. Because we just good to be out just driving around. And I looked at those big trains there, and I thought about how those things work. You hear them stop it as long as they are. You'll hear them put the brakes on, but then, man, it might be another mile before they get stopped. <laughs> Making all the noises like that. Well, some of your lives are like those freight trains. You've carried so much garbage around so many years, that thing's so heavy. But you put the brakes on and start getting this thing learn how to talk right, it's taking a while for that thing to stop. Or it goes back the other direction. And so, you know, if it took if it took you 30 years to get to be the mess you are, man, give God at least 30 days to help you get cleaned up. <laughs> hey, man, it's going to take a while to get it cleaned up. But because, because these, these spiritual laws of your words out of your mouth are so real, once you begin to start doing the stop talking the negative part right, that means the brakes start to get put on now. But the train's still moving because you've got 30 years worth of words out there. So the train's still hauling. But the brakes are on. And every once in a while, man, in your life, you get jerked around a little bit because that's because those cars start to hit. They're starting to crash up against each other. Then all of a sudden, you get that thing stopped. To get it going back in the other direction again, then you start to see some manifestation of saying the right things in your life. But Jesus said right here, Jesus said three times in this one verse, He said, if you believe in your heart and doubt not, what you say shall come to pass, you'll have whatsoever you say it. And so, in, in, in the face of financial disaster, you're a tither now. You're living for God. You're doing right. Start saying, God's in control. He's rebuking the devourer. God's in control. We've got more than enough. God's the one that's in control now because I let him be in control. And say, Satan, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. You can't steal from me anymore. I belong to Jesus. I live for Jesus. Thief, you've been caught. Malachi chapter 3, God said he rebukes the devourer for my sake. Devil, you're rebuked the devourer. And I'll tell you what, because it took a long time to get in that mess, give God time to do what he said he's going to do. And you know what I found out? It's, you know, the Bible teaches seed time and harvest. And when you plant something, 
You know, if you've got a little garden or a little place, you flower pot or anything, you plant stuff, you got a seed planted, and Jesus said the Word of God is like a seed. You plant it, you start watering it, you don't see anything for a while. You're watered, and you go, you start cursing the seed. Oh, man, this dumb seed don't work. Seeds don't work. You water it and get light to it. Go to a point in time, that thing's going to start growing. And just because it's growing doesn't mean you need a tomato yet. Or a pepper, or whatever it is you got planted on there. Then there's a season after it grows where you got to blossom. Then the blossom's got to be a baby, whatever it is. And then you got to keep working at it. You can't just say, okay, that's enough of that stuff. I'm going back to the store like everybody else. God didn't want me to have any vegetables, but I'd have some. Let it grow. Let it blossom. Let it develop. And then when it comes time to eat it, then you can pick it. But you don't plant it one night and get it the next day and pick it off the vine. It's got to work. So in your life, that's what the Word of God is all about. Jesus said, you'll have whatsoever you saith. You'll have whatsoever you saith. Say it with me. Say, I'll have whatsoever I saith because Jesus said it. Amen. Amen. So is this making sense to you? Amen. Now, I want to show you what to do. To get yourself in position for training. Look at Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Romans 12, verse 2. And, and you know, I, I think about teaching the Bible compared to so many other things in life. When you know that what you have is the Word of God, and God never changes. People may change. Society may change. Politicians, man, they definitely change. Man, politicians, they go by the polls. You know, they go by the crowd they're talking to. Man, if they're Bible people, they'll act like they're for you. If they're around somebody else, some other group, they act like they're for them like that. They change all the time. But I, I praise God for the Bible that I can teach the Bible with confidence because I know it never changes. And if I stick with the Word of God, those same verses that have changed my life and helped me live a successful life for Jesus all these years. I know that what was taught me all these years ago has carried my family all these years. I know if I teach the same Bible with the same words and people have an open heart and they do what the Bible says to do, I know it will do for them what it did for me and what Jesus said to do for everybody. Amen? And so Romans 12, 2, a step in trading your mouth is this. And be not conformed to this world, but be you transformed by the renewing of your mind. Be transformed by renewing of your mind that you may prove was that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. And so Romans 12, 2 says the only way you're going to change to think like God thinks is to change your mind. And the only way you're going to change your mind is begin to get the word of God into your heart into your head to where you think different. You know, when your mind is programmed right, I know that the way I've, way, I've, way I've been trained for almost 40 years is this, and now I've got so much in me that I don't have to think this way so much anymore. But at the first time, the sign of a problem in my life, on my job, or whatever it was, first thing I'd always do is say, Holy Ghost, have I got a word in me on that? What's the Bible say on that? Husband and wife things, uh, raising children things, 
teenage year things, we had, oh boy, how many? I, I get the mix mixed up now. We'll be at five boys and three girls. Five boys and three girls. I'm, I'm, I'm stopping right there, but boys are easier to raise than girls. <laughs> I'm, glad, I'm glad we had the mix we had. But I'm just saying, when you're raising those kids, and you know, the world pretty much shuts it off at two kids, and a lot of people do, that's okay. But we chose, we chose, we wanted a lot of kids. So we had the kids. Boy, I tell you what, when you got teenage girls and all this other stuff going on, you better know what the Bible says. You better know what, what authority is. You better know what love is. You better know what discipline is. You better know, better know how to do it all right. <laughs> and then stick your head in the sand and hide. So <laughs> that's what you feel like doing, but you can't do that. Our, our young people have so much things out there. Everywhere they go, it's a whole different world. They have so many things coming against them. We can't just get by with, because I said so. We gotta be able to walk in the wisdom of God. We gotta be able to know when we can bend and give. And we got, oh, this is a whole different bunny trail, but somebody needs this. In other words, let me say it this way. This, this is just a freebie. This is not in the lesson. This is for you dads and moms that have girls and boys. Is this. Choose your battles wisely. Choose your battles wisely. If you want to fight about every little thing, then it comes time for something really big that matters, you're going to have nothing left no more. You're out. You're done. And so some little things you got to bend on that aren't really going to make any difference about heaven or hell and lots of other things. And then also, I'm going to throw this out there. Don't fight battles that aren't worth winning. Don't fight battles that aren't worth winning. You know, somebody, they might wear some kind of goofy clothes <clears throat> that you don't approve of. But as long as everything's not hanging out, <laughs> you know, there's different fads that go around. But we were young. We did different things. And so why, why make a mountain out of a molehill there's going to be some things later on in life you're going, to, you're, going to, you're going to want to have some credibility left in you where you sit down with your daughter to have a conversation about something that matters. But often, if all it ever is, <clears throat> is is fight, 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 then when it comes time where you need to have a real conversation, there's going to be no conversation. You're going to think you're, they're going to think you're against everything that they're, that they're for. Amen. And so anyway, it says, Be not conformed, the world be transformed by renewing of your mind. And so you need to get yourself in position but the Word of God got your mind trained and got the Word of God in your heart, the buzz of the heart, the mouth speaketh. Because what I, what I found out that the buzz of the heart, the mouth speaketh, if you don't have your mind trained, that Word in your heart, when crisis comes, the first thing that's going to happen is your mouth's going to open. Oh, S-H. Where'd that come from? <laughs> you know, I thought that was out of here. Well, you thought it was, but you got squeezed like a sponge. You know, you thought you got all the red paint out of the sponge, too. You went to wash the white card, all of a sudden, here comes more red, red out of that sponge. When it got squeezed, whatever's in there, it still came out. And so the more you get filled up, then what's going to come out next time when you get caught off guard, you're going to go, oh, hallelujah. Oh, praise the Lord. I remember one time when I was, when I was learning this on my job as a, Young, young Christian truck driver, I started getting the word in me. I got hit of the leg with a piece of steel on a truck dock, a bunch of sinners. And when it happened, 
When it happened, man, oh, hallelujah, praise the Lord. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I run around, man, I had hands laid on me. Just, oh, thank you, Jesus. And all these guys, I mean, the whole dock stopped. You get hit in the shed, both piece of steel, it hurts. Well, all those other guys use other words. And they weren't Bible words. But I had so much in me. As soon as that happened, all I did was praise. I wasn't praising the Lord. I was hurt. <laughs> I wasn't thanking Jesus. I got my leg busted. I, it was in my heart. Cussing didn't come out anymore. There wasn't any cussing there to come out. All that was in there is what I did all day long in my prayer closet. I praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. At church, praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. That's what I had, but we didn't have Facebook and all the goofy stuff to fill me up. I had my TV set. I put When I got bored again, I put my TV set in the corner and turned the screen to the wall. That's what you said, those big wooden ones, you know. I turned it, and the whole time I looked at it, if I had my little girls coming over, then they watched cartoons something. I didn't have any goofy stuff going in me, so what I'm telling you, what's in you when you get your mind renewed is going to come out of you in times of crisis. Here in church, it's real easy. It's real easy. I mean, in church, man, we all... By the time we hit the parking lot, no matter how goofy you've been, you already flipped the switch. Okay, church mode. Hallelujah, praise the Lord, brother. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah, glory, glory, glory. Next day at church, next day at work, you come walking in and you're tripping over your bottom lip. <laughs> oh, glory to God. No better preacher than you are shouting. So the whole thing is, out of what we've seen tonight, our words control our life. Our words are going to bring depression or joy. Our words are going to bring victory or defeat. Our words are going to bring prosperity or poverty. Our words are going to cause our kids to want to serve God or going to run away from God. Our words are going to do all those things. And so I want to say it again. Your mouth can either be your best friend or your worst enemy. And these books that I show, you know, things like this. Man, check the bookstore out. Lots of good stuff. Start reading on those things. Never again card. But the most important thing is have quality time with the Holy Ghost as often as you can. Get a journal, a spiral notebook or something. Write down verses he gives you. And, you know, stick them on a piece of paper in your pocket or something in your purse. And verses that are important to you. It's not, it's not the quantity of what you read, it's the quality of what you read. And if you're in a place in life where you've needed to hear from God, you've heard from God, He's gave you a Bible verse, if that one verse is all you read for the next month every day, and that one verse gets in your heart, then when you're squeezing, it will come out of your mouth, and Jesus says you're going to have what? Whatsoever you say it. And when that comes out of your mouth, then you're hands with God because you're speaking His Word, and you're going to win in life. Amen? Amen. Let's stand up. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information, visit hdwc.org.